2: For more from
3: our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast
0: that explores love and sexuality around the world.
3: I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia
0: Alexandra.
3: And we are coming out today, baby.
0: And not just once, but several times. A coming out extravaganza! (laughs) Because you know what? Sometimes it takes a couple times, okay? Sorry about it. Not everyone just comes out all at once. And today, we're very happy to introduce you guys to our comedian friend, Savannah Manhattan, who takes us on her coming out journey, which she basically completed during the pandemic.
3: Yeah, if you think you had a crazy year this last year, just imagine adding on maybe the most thrilling, but also agonizing decision of your life. So that is the emotional journey that we're going on today with Savannah Manhattan. She's hilarious. I just have to say I had such a blast getting to know her in this interview, and I think you guys are going to love her too. So here we go.
0: Privates, we are so excited to have you here for this incredible interview with the very funny comedian, Savannah Manhattan. Welcome to the podcast, Savannah.
2: Yay! Yay! Thanks for having me. I feel welcome. You two are incredible. I like finally did stuff with you on uh, coping mechanism. That's how I really got to know you.
0: Yeah, totally, even though we've been, I think we've seen each other around like the LA comedy scene. Yeah. It's nice to actually, you know, meet each other this way and now Courtney gets to benefit as well.
3: Yeah. I am so excited about this and I'm so excited to dig into this topic too because we've now had a couple that's been swinging during the pandemic We had Esther Steinberg talking about having a baby during the pandemic. And I feel like transitioning during the pandemic, that's like personal historic on top of historic historic. So
2: much
0: historic. right? Some people were like, oh, like me, like, oh, maybe I'll take up pottery. You were like, (laughs) I'm going to take my whole ass life into my hands and remake that shit. I mean, although
2: pottery was my second choice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She still
3: found time for pottery, Sophia.
2: (laughs) You could say I am a potter. Like, I am a pot on the wheel, having been formed, so.
0: (laughs) You're the potter and the potty, or the pot,
2: I guess. (laughs) It's a potty up in here. (laughs) <laughs>
3: so but seriously i mean it sounds like a, like a little bit of a trip on top of a trip right
2: oh my god and it, it's so multi-dimensional i'm still in my honeymoon phase where i'm just like excited every day like i wake up and i'm like i did this i did that that's so awesome <laughs> i look in the mirror and i'm like everybody knows it built up for so long and it's just nice to have the the secret out and Um, I'm going to have like a belated coming out party probably in the next couple of months, at least when everyone's vaccinated. So you two are invited.
1: Yay!
3: Yay! Well, congratulations. I mean, that's like epic. So well, let's walk through the journey because I know the journey wasn't just during the pandemic. Like, let's start at the beginning. When did you know that, you know, your gender didn't align? Like, what was that? coming out to yourself process and then take us into coming out to everyone else.
2: Yeah, everybody who comes out as trans or I guess comes out in general, they tend to have like little seeds planted throughout their life. It like really occurred to me six years ago when I moved to LA, coincidentally, like this place just has ways of opening you up. Where did you move from, Savannah? I moved from good old down-home Minnesota.
3: Me too. I'm from Minnesota. What part are of Minnesota really? are you from? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Skull. Um, I'm from Rochester. Oh, uh, right down the road, right down I-90. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I didn't really know highways
2: back then, but I trust you. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what town were you from?
3: I'm from a little town called Jackson. It's like... Southwest Minnesota between Worthington and Fairmont, if you know either of those places. I do. I
2: played Fairmont uh, in tennis when I played tennis. So.
3: Hey, Minnesota
2: girls. Yay. There's a reason why we're here in LA though.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
2: Yeah. So like, I, I didn't really know anything about, my journey when I lived there. As far as I knew, I was a typical straight male identifying person. My, my brain was hiding a lot from me back then. But I like picked up on little things that I realized I always like felt more in the feminine energy. Anyway, looking back, I always got along better with women, like most of my friends were women. Then I, I just Nothing against dudes, but I just didn't get along with them as much as ladies. And and guys would even bully me in elementary school about, like, why are you hanging out with girls all the time? That's lame. I was like, they're way cooler.
3: (laughs) We're playing racco. Do you remember the first person in media you saw that was trans or person in real life where you were like, oh, that is a possibility.
2: Well, so strange, strange enough. Well, not strange, but my aunt is trans. So that was like my first foray into the world of trans. I didn't know too much about it other than like, uh, they used to identify as a male and then they just, they transitioned and now they're much happier. I remember saying like, oh, that's a thing that, the brain tells you you should do and like they listen to it and that's great
0: how older were you when your aunt transitioned
2: uh she transitioned before i was even an idea
0: oh so you had like a trans
2: family member growing up like full stop oh yeah trans aunt and then i have a gender fluid uncle as well
1: oh Oh. all
2: same side of the family or different sides Different side. My, my aunt, my trans aunt is dad's side and my gender fluid uncle is mom's side. I was like, why am I thinking of what the other name of the parent is?
0: <laughs> hey, we're all
2: uh, gender queer, it's mom and daddies binary. over here. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have like one of one parent of every gender just to make sure. <laughs> like six 66 parents It's a expensive Christmas
3: <laughs> so was your family accepting as a whole
2: the first person I came out to was my little brother and he was so sweet about it she was like I, I still love you no matter what I'm here for you and i if- with anything you need and then he's like I still want you to be the best person at my wedding
1: oh yes I was like Joey you're gonna you're gonna
2: make me cry (laughs) I was like you have a sister now and he was like that's gonna take a bit of getting used to but it's uh definitely cool so and then I told my older brother and older sister and they really wanted to like dig deep and like they were so happy for me but they wanted to like figure out What should we call you? Like, are you going to tell mom and dad? How did you come to that conclusion? It was like so cool to talk to them about it. And parents are always the hardest to tell because they're the ones that raised you a certain way. And you have to, they, they somehow just always have you as the little kid that they raised. So I called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, can we talk? And we talked on the phone and then talked a little bit about her stuff. And then I was like, just confidently going in. And I, I was like, um, so I like, as of last February, I started transitioning. And like, she, she asked me questions like, oh, like, so you're taking medicine, this and that. But uh, my mom currently just doesn't still accept my identity and neither does my dad really like my dad said that he has opinions about my identity and i'm just like i don't want to know your opinions it's not up for debate exactly i don't get why they think like oh sorry you have opinions about my identity like okay let me change my mind like, you're right. This was a. This was just a
0: phase. Yeah, it's not like you just came up with it and didn't consider it for a long time. Like you said, you were considering it for years. So it's like, I understand wanting to make sure that someone's sure, but that's pretty fucking sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, this isn't just an impulse.
3: I would think that having family experience, though, would make them more open-minded about it. That didn't have an impact.
2: Carney, you would think, and that's why I thought it was going to be so easy because I came out the year before as gay as like a a measure to like um see what the public would think because like I am into guys anyway, so it's not a lie. But I was like, all right, this kind of gives me carte blanche. I've always wanted to say carte blanche in a podcast. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> so- it gave me carte blanche to kind of like wear the clothes that I wanted and express myself. Cause then they go like, Oh, that's just her being her. Um, I am redacting for purposes. But so, so my mom, my mom and I came out was like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. So I was like, okay, this is a shoe in, there's going to be no problems. Like this will be so easy. And then when I told her like, okay, so I have a different name now. You're going to have to start using my pronouns. And she got it like all quiet. And then she like dead named me in a recent Mother's Day post. And I was like, mom, it's hurtful to trans people to do that. You can't just like use our name that we used to have. I'm just setting boundaries because I I care about you, but like it still hurts. And then she left me on red.
1: Ooh.
2: Left on read by my own mother. That's crazy.
3: So we're just like right after Mother's Day right now. So that's like where things stand at present, right?
2: Yeah. So that was as fresh as can be. But the thing about coming out too is like when, when you come out and have no more secrets, your your confidence just like skyrockets because you've just been hiding it for so long. And like, that's your deepest secret. I have nothing left in the tank. <laughs> like, I, I am an empty vessel. I could be interrogated by any kind of foreign organization, and I'd be like, I have nothing to tell you. I guess I better commit a murder
0: so you have something to hide from the authorities.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For real. Because like, that was one thing that I thought of because I was like, oh, like, I'm glad I came out. But also I have like nothing to tell anymore. (laughs) It was kind of cool to have a secret and like tiptoe around. But at the same time, it was like banging from the inside. And I was Mm -hmm. like, let me out the hormones, like really, I actually started taking my hormones a week before lockdown started. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Like I got him. And then the next Thursday was when they had lockdown. And then I had like a bag of mushrooms that I got from a coworker. So I was like, all right, these are going bad. I'll, I'll eat these. And then I had like a I had a bad trip and then the trip became amazing and I realized like oh like it's good because I was scared to like take the hormones and stuff they were just like sitting like these little pills are just like sitting and I was like oh like this is so final and the good mushroom trip was like no like this is what you're meant to do like you're gonna be so happy you're gonna be so much more creative you're gonna be fashionable yes I had like a creative and personal renaissance in a way. Tell us about the creative renaissance part. Coming out too, like not only skyrockets the confidence, but it also gives you an authenticity. You're not afraid to like say certain truths that maybe you were holding back or afraid to do. Like, I think because I came out as my true self, I felt like there was like a full-fledged I finally found, like, my writing voice. I, I was just, like, sitting there, like, burning the midnight oil, writing all these jokes. And I was just like, oh, these mushrooms rock.
1: <laughs> and then
2: I feel, like, way more creative now because of it. Like, there's, I don't feel subdued. I feel like I owe it to everybody to be my full creative self as well as my full self. And is it scary? Freaking yes, it is. It always scary to, like reveal your stuff because it's like oh what if this sucks but then like everyone is stuff that sucks and everything like the first thing you do of anything sucks so like do it anyway because you owe it to yourself but um it, it was like a really interesting trip for that and then when I when I started taking the hormones too the first thing I noticed was like my skin was so smooth and so I was just like I still touch it And I'm like, no, oily hands, back
1: off.
3: (laughs) You look like glowing though and being 100% joyous. So I think you are on the right path. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn, privates. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped,
0: you can trim those hedges below the belt safely and efficiently.
3: That's right, Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. Manscaped
0: is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. They have precision engineer tools for your family jewels.
3: Manscaped is cutting edge. They have the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. They've got their lawnmower 3.0 that is waterproof and cordless. They have crop reviver. They have anti-ball chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Whatever you need to spruce up your balls, Manscaped has got you covered. Subscribe to the perfect
0: package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, what? and the patented high performance
3: reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. I love all the testosterone this company is bringing to the table. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And we've got a great deal for you privates. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code private at manscaped.com.
0: That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code private. It's summer baby and your balls and whoever touches them will thank you
3: but I feel like we jumped over, how did you go from six years ago having like initial thoughts and what was that thought process that got you to being in a place where you felt like you could come out publicly?
2: Ah, fantastic question. Yeah. And by the way, I go off on so many tangents. So
3: like, I apologize. Like
2: we could have like, 18 podcast episodes about it (laughs) like why are we talking about the abacus we need to be talking about the trap like how did we get how did we get to french castles in the 1600s it's pertinent somehow so a big thing for queer culture when it was still around for the most part was tumblr I would just like to thank the CEO of Tumblr right here and now <laughs> for, for helping me discover my queerness and for helping me realize my transhood. Um so wherever you are, thank you. So the more I would read about trans stuff, I, I kind of got like butterflies in my stomach, honestly. I was like, this is really speaking to me uh, on a deep level. Like, I, I connect with this. I feel this. But then you, you have the voice in your head that's like, but do you, or is it just like exciting? And I was like, yeah, no, it feels good. It feels awesome. Like I feel connected with it. So I was like, what's better than going to therapy and figuring it out? I, I went to the LGBT center, I got some therapy and it was like three sessions in when I was just like, okay, it's definitely true. You know, it's all—it's always kind of like having that kind of realization is always kind of freaky because it's so different. And it's like, you're going to be <laughs> in a different comfort zone for sure.
3: But you went into therapy with that question of like, I need to know, I'm trying to figure out if trans applies to me.
2: Absolutely. I was like my own queer private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, something's afoot. We got to solve this mystery. (laughs) I am on the case. I, I got to the third session and I sat down and I was like, so I'm for sure a woman. Where do we go from here? Now, that statement was hiding in me for a long time, for like a couple months before that, when this was all nascent. But like when you say it out loud, it feels so final. So like when I said it, I was just like, oh, wow, this is crazy. She's like, oh, if you're sure, that's wonderful. Let's get you on some steps. And then she would like push me to do different challenges. Like, hey, like maybe go out with a friend and like wear a dress. And so I did. And I was like, she's like, what do you think? I was like, oh, my God, I, I didn't I didn't want to take it off. Like I hated taking off my makeup. I had the time of my life. People were like treating me at the bar because it was like a, it was a dance night. There was like a twerking contest too. I didn't partake, but my friend did, <laughs> and uh, people thought that I was a woman, wh- which is good because I was. And I was just like, oh my god, this like feels incredible. Like this is exactly the feeling that I've been missing. And I was dating my girlfriend at the time, and she kind of like pushed that issue to the side because it's like a denial thing and so but we had like a couples therapy session with it because like one of the big challenges was like tell your girlfriend that you're trans I was like I want that to be the last thing that we say but it's never fair to hide things from your partner like that and so it came up organically funny enough because we were having like A couple issues and then she was like oh why is this happening and this happening and I was like so remember when I told you before we dated that I was like closet trans and she was like yeah and I was like well that's still true she was just like oh and they didn't know what to think so I like told my therapist that I came out to her she's like oh you did that's incredible it's like that was the last step you wanted but we had the couple's therapy and then Uh, My ex used it to, like, basically talk about her problems with me instead of, like, trans education. So it was an absolutely soul-crushing therapy session. And, like, we're not together anymore. We haven't for a while. But it was, like, kind of good because then I got to, like, jettison and, like, really discover myself.
3: Did you have an outcome in mind with your girlfriend?
2: God, That she would be accepting.
3: (laughs) Like you wanted to stay together. That was your end game with it.
2: Yeah, at least as much as we could. We were going through like a lot of hardships as it was. So I was honestly at a point where it was a crossroads. And I was like, you know, whichever she thinks is like I'm cool with. So I think that ambivalence in itself was like, well, maybe you shouldn't be with her. But
1: Mm
2: -hmm. that that was a whole nother problem. And that was, like, two years before I started hormones. Yeah. So we broke up right before I started taking hormones, but that therapy session was a couple of years before that. So it it took me a while to, like, baby step everything in the journey because I was, like, I'm still so petrified about – because, like, being in the comedy scene, too, like – yeah, are people accepting here? Definitely. I would not be in any other city to be honest. I'm stuck here and I'm happy about it. <laughs> but you still get that thought in your head where you're like, "Oh, well, like it's okay that other trans people did it, but if I came out, people might somehow think that I'm weird or like not telling the truth or like I'll get ostracized." You get like that critic in your head. I was hiding it I had like a double life essentially I was like living as my old self for some people and my new self for others so it took me like a couple of years to finally be like okay your next step is hormones you have to do it courage means being afraid but doing something anyway so this is your dragon you're gonna charge toward and I got the consultation and they like, look at all the side effects. Here's what's going to change. And I was like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. Like, this is crazy. Like
3: exciting or scary or both. What were your fears going into it? And then let's do like expectation versus reality or nervous fear versus what wound up happening.
2: My expectation was that I was going to chicken out and never come out and just be a closeted hermit the rest of my life, and just a a body that I wasn't a fan of. My other expectation was I was just going to take a pill and magically turn into my body that I want overnight. Just a lot of kind of unrealistic things. But I was like, no, this is what you need. You've been on this path for like, five years at that point. So it's like, time to ante up, time to put in the chips. It's go time, girl. And the doctor was cool. Like she walked me through it. And then she was like, you can do as little hormones as you want, or as many as you want. And I was like, what's the minimum that we can do? So we we started with a low dose. And then the more I took them, the more excited to take the next pill. And then I was like, okay, like I want the results. So I was like, no, like this low dose, not enough. We're we're raising it. <laughs> bring more. Bring me more med stock.
3: So you got glowy skin. What else started to happen? I tell people a lot of it is like
2: emotional connection. Mm. I definitely would say that my intuitive abilities have been acute as F. <laughs> I pick up on so many things. People will be like, "Damn, your intuition's awesome!" I'm like, "Thanks to the estrogen, yay!" <laughs> it like redistributes the fat too. So like, I got these cheekbones now. They look good, cute. Thank you, blue steel all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I felt like my mind connected to my body exactly. Like my my joy just went through the roof. I was like hell yeah, I love this feeling. Like my brain's actually telling me like, oh, these changes that are happening, this is what we wanted the whole time. Why didn't you listen?
1: Mm. We told
2: you. And then I like to call it my ghost period, but I get like a time of the month for me, the third week of every month, I want to say. Like I'll be happy one moment and then just next moment, I'm just raging at everybody I don't know why I like hate the world. I just want to be in bed. I want to like um, so something else I realized too. Like I crave salty food all the damn time. Like I eat so much savory food. It's crazy.
3: And that's a shift.
2: Big shift. Yeah. Cause I, I used to just be like sw- sweet and salty, but, uh, but I'm like very much like pickled everything. Chips. Um, salt. Just give me all the salt.
3: I love that estrogen makes you like, give me those skinny margaritas.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Salty rims. Let's go.
3: (laughs) Hey, just
0: because you're grown up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to turn you on or wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams.
1: Mmm,
3: I love that ghost dick. <laughs> Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there.
0: Find stories about an off-limits hookup with your professor. Yeah. <laughs> or a costume party that takes things to the next level. Or maybe a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do, or you try a new toy together.
3: Yes, 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 yes. All that sounds amazing. And they release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, there is something for everyone.
0: Yeah, and it's really nice to keep finding new favorites. Plus, Dipsy also has wellness sessions that help you learn more about yourself, and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off.
3: And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com/private.
0: That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com/private.
3: That's DipsyStories.com/private.
0: So you touched on the stand-up thing. I just was going to ask, what has the community response been? What have been some, like, highlights?
2: Any that have been the opposite of highlights? Oh, girl, there's both of those. (laughs) Um, The reception was surreal. It was so incredible. Like, I was just like, it wasn't even on purpose, but I realized, like, I came out As trans on Valentine's Day, so it was like a little self love for me.
3: I saw that on your tweets. I was like, "That is so cute." Was that intentional?
2: No, completely accidental. Because like I was, I had originally planned to come out the next day, but I was like, going to change my name, and I was like, "Oh, it'll take like three days to change it on social media on Facebook." So I was like, "I'll just go and get the process going." And then it immediately changed it. And so I was like, well, I don't want people having questions. So I'm just going to come out. And I already had the whole post drafted. So I was just like, okay, it's go time. And then I love that post. And then like, The love rolled in, ladies. It was was so incredible. There were a lot of people that I didn't expect to accept me, just accept me right away. Like people that I was hiding it from that were just like, oh, it's wonderful, Savannah. Welcome to the world. Like, you go, girl. And like all my other friends were just like, you did it, yeah! Like carrying me on their shoulders through the internet. (laughs) Still the craziest thing to me, about that was when I came out on Twitter and it blew the fuck up I like put my phone down after I posted on Twitter and the next morning my phone is just like exploding and it wouldn't stop for two days straight and like now it's sitting at like just north of like 50,000 likes and like almost a thousand retweets so but the, the trans community on Twitter is Chefs Cares.
3: <laughs> amazing. I love that your coming out went viral. That's <laughs> a pretty amazing accomplishment. <laughs>
2: it was the first time I ever went viral, too.
3: So I was like,
2: is that what it takes? <laughs> well I guess you're gonna have to come out about
0: once a year at least I think so I just like get those likes get those likes yes
3: <laughs> yeah yeah becoming your authentic self is worthy of going viral but I actually want to talk about the coming out because you did like a trifecta of coming outs you did a coming out of being non-binary, correct? And then coming out as gay and then coming out as trans. Can you kind of explain like where your head was at throughout that process? Good research.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that I was trans the whole time, I had like a little master plan. So I was like, I'm just going to like massage the public, take these baby steps. It'll be good for me. So like the first time was non-binary, gender fluid. Because I was like, I do like expressing myself in ways that aren't traditionally male. That's just who I am, deal with it world. And it was just like, I felt better about it. And the reception was good for that. A lot of people still don't really know what non-binary is. Like, they're just like, so are you like a guy or a girl then? Like, what's the deal? I was like, (laughs) that's the point, (laughs) moron." (laughs) <laughs> it's none of those things. None of the above.
3: Did you feel as apprehensive coming out about that because it was felt like a baby step to you? Did it feel like less, I don't know, vulnerable?
2: Absolutely. I was just like, I don't know what people are going to think about this, but it's something again that I can't hide. And it, it makes sense to tell people because then they, they all can be on the same page. And my girlfriend at the time... Was like I'm here for you because my girlfriend was uh, is on the, I should say at the time, but she still is LGBT. So like she understood. So she was like I'm here for you, like I'm proud of you, like do it. And then I did it. And then people didn't think much of it. They had like questions, but people were still like oh that's that's them cool. And then coming out as gay that was like a huge thing because after my last breakup I was just like I'm just. I I'm just over women I, I'm done like I've done it it's like it's been not fulfilling I'm so, over. <laughs> so I was like men come at me but it was it was like a step toward being trans still because I was also like all right well now again like I can be as feminine as I want and then people be like they're just being them So that was such a huge reception too. People are like, yeah, go queen, yes. (laughs) Like, let's do brunches. (laughs) And still the best meal of the day, everybody.
1: Hi, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. We fell in love on live television and got married over 40
2: years ago. Now on our new podcast, we visit the homes of our favorite long-married
1: celebrity couples. To talk about enduring love and all its challenges. Family, career, conflict, addiction, illness, jealousy.
2: Everything a couple can face. It's Double Date. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. From Pushkin Industries.
3: So after those coming outs, and now it's like the exploration and opening up of your sexuality, like where did you land on your sexuality as well?
2: Okay. So, yeah. So like for, for the listeners, gender and sexuality are different things and they're both on spectrums. Just feel someone is trans doesn't mean they're gay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely not interchangeable. Yeah, I was like over women for a while and then I was realizing like, okay, like I would see women out in public and I was just like, oh, like I'm getting like the tinglys. And I was just like, wait, but you're fighting that feeling. You're not supposed to feel that. But after a while, I was just like, I just naturally should go with what I feel. Like I, I shouldn't fight it. Like I'm, I'm done fighting myself. Like just go with the flow. So I like guys I like women I like non-binary people I I realized like I just like whoever's attractive and whoever just has a really good soul
3: oh I love that
2: so that lends itself to so many possibilities so I realized like I was just kind of upset about the breakup so I was just like no more women temper tantrum but then I was like
3: I can't be gay to spite her. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: When I came out as gay originally, she messaged me being like, oh, like, is that for real? Like, I took that post personally because I thought that you were doing that to spite me or something.
3: (laughs) I was kidding. Just for the record. yeah
0: Yeah.
2: that's pretty (laughs) self-centered why would i make a public record coming out as gay just against one person that's so beyond petty
0: uh gay against someone i think is a new concept
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's some gas gay against someone (laughs) Yeah. yeah (laughs) but then then I came around so like everybody's cool just be attractive be yourself and I was always like I wasn't anti-dating apps but I was just like dating apps seem kind of shallow I've never had that much luck so I finally gave in and I was like you know what I'm a bit thirsty right now I'm gonna go on hinge (laughs) and and hinge has been pretty fun actually um I've been talking to a few people, but I, I have, like, no expectations, which is nice, too, because I'm just like, if it works, it does. If not, oh well. But, like, I'll find someone in public, too. Like, stand-up coming back? Don't make me meet so many people. So the world's my oyster. Totally. But I haven't been on any dates as my new self yet, so... I'm just kind of waiting for the opportune moment and see, but I'm also just enjoying being myself. Like I still have that new car smell. So (laughs) I'm still just enjoying that. And then like breaking me in a little bit. So figuring myself out, coming back to stand up, doing this was one of the most terrifying aspects for me. Cause I was just like, damn, like, am I going to need, like, of course I'm going to need new material. So like I wrote a bunch of stuff for me, but like I I realized I was still able to like do some of my older stuff and be in my regular voice. So I'm just kind of amplified in that regard, but I was just like, oh no, like you're able to hide on a screen from people, but like when you're out actually at shows, then you can't really hide, like you're actually facing people And you're, you're seeing their body language and sensing their tones and seeing how they treat you. But people have been treating me spicy meatball. It's been absolutely (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) I've been telling people it's, people are either like just super happy because I'm me. And they're just like, oh, that's amazing. Or there's like some sense of wonderment to it. They're just like, what's that like? Oh my God. Like, look at you that's crazy (laughs) oh my god
0: it's so awesome that is so funny
2: but yeah no one's ever been like mean about it the the only weird looks i get are just from like guys like i'll be driving back home and then i'll turn and there's like a guy leering at me from his car like staring and i'm just like drink it in man
3: sorry i'm hot yeah
0: Yeah, you don't know what to do with this attraction right now. I don't know. Sit with it. Are you intimidated to approach me? Mm. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I, it's, it's crazy. Like, I've been catcalled. I've been mansplained to more.
3: One of the best parts of being a woman. <laughs> Isn't that nice?
2: <laughs> Primo, my favorite part. I hope it keeps happening. <laughs> There's just been, like, so many aspects I'm still learning about. It. But, yeah, people on the scene have just been, like, so incredible with it. You two included. <laughs> and it just feels good to, like, do my new material and, like, get the reception that it's been getting. And people are just so sweet around here. When I did come out on Twitter, that's when I got the most trolls. Like, I only got one troll when I came out on Facebook. And that was just a dude that I met in Huntington Beach. I was just like, oh, like, that's so fucking narcissistic, dude. But, you know, you do you. Wait, you
0: coming out on your own page was narcissistic? Apparently. How dare you?
2: <laughs> I know. It, it's my page and it's my journey. Like That is so funny. I barely wanted you uh, as a friend to begin with, so... Bye bye he was done twitter had some ugly people on there let me tell you you know like the common comments i was just like huh when did when did weird al like transition or like i didn't know kenny g transition like those are the mild ones but then you get stuff like um lipstick on a pig is still a pig ew oh disgusting the worst one i got was This guy who is saying, saying something like someone else, but like mentioning me is basically along the lines of like, they should just do us a favor and hang, hang themselves.
3: Oh my God.
0: Well, that person has a really happy life. Everything is going well
2: for them. (laughs) Oh my God. It didn't even faze me. I was just like, you wasted your time. And then I clicked on that profile. Turns out to be a member of the Aryan Brotherhood. Of course. Of
1: course. <laughs> that
2: tracks.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: not a surprise. I tweeted back like, hey, dude, your Fuhrer's dead. Deal with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's so stupid.
0: And what's funny about the insults or whatever, I'm like, as a comedian, that's like the first rose joke you write that you throw out. Because it's, like, not good. Do you know what I mean? So to see people, like, try to, like, say things that they think are clever when you're just as, like, a professional, you're like, well, these are just not very good. <laughs> like, shame on you, sir. Shame. Like, you tried and this wasn't even good. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, it, it, was,
2: it was like, go back to the drawing board. Like, maybe don't stop drawing swastikas and maybe write something <laughs> original. <laughs> I had a couple... In person transphobic things, transphobia live.
3: Not a good show.
2: (laughs) Terrible. It's it's only lasting one season. (laughs) They both happened at the COVID site that I work at. Because especially months ago, when we were getting like thousands of people at the site a day, I was seeing a lot of people, like a lot of Facetime. I should say surprisingly, but I guess luckily, I only got misgendered, like. Maybe ten times out of like thousands, pretty good odds.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. I did, I did my best to fit in what I wanted. But one of my coworkers was like talking to this like kind of irate person, like who didn't have an appointment and he didn't even qualify at the time. This is back when we had to qualify for things. So I walked up and I was just like. Yeah, like sir, there's not much we can do. Like he's telling you the truth, and he just like stops and he like looks me up and down, like studying me, and then he he asks me, "Are you one of those?"
0: Oh, were you like healthcare heroes? Yes, I am. Thank you so much. Did you bring free donuts? <laughs> yeah, we really are the heroes. Do you clap for me every night? Thank you. <laughs> Thank
2: you, sir.
1: <laughs> honored, honored.
2: <laughs> I, I was sad a little bit, but I was also just like shocked that it happened. I was just like, that actually happens in real life and not just the internet. Like the balls on that guy to like actually say that to my face. And then my coworker like cursed him out in Spanish because they were talking in Spanish and then the guy is like profusely apologized. Like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, yeah, okay.
3: Oh, he did apologize at the end. After someone berated them into it. Yeah,
2: he was like, I have people like you in my family. But I was just like, that's barely an apology. Like, that doesn't help.
3: No, no. But that was going to be my question is like, did he sh- seem like he knew that he should be ashamed of his behavior?
2: I think he just has this machismo where he was just like, no, like, if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. There's no in-between. Which, by the way, it's like, if I transition from man to woman, it's still within your wheelhouse. Like, I don't know why this is such a problem. But, I mean, he seemed to have felt that. He was just angry, but that's no excuse. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, damn, it actually happened. Wow, okay. Moving on.
3: Have you had any situations where you felt unsafe physically or in terms of violence or anything?
2: I made a tweet once as a joke where I was like, hormone update. I now have to like be careful walking to my car alone at night because it's it's a thing now. Whenever I go to downtown LA, especially at night, I just have my friends walk me back because parking's always atrocious. So I always yes. have to like walk two blocks down. So I'm just like, guys... There's no way in my condition that I can walk alone, especially with the jewelry I have on. Um, so could you guys walk me? And my, my friends are always like, yeah, let's walk you back. Let's make sure you're safe. I've never felt in danger, luckily.
0: Thank God, knock on wood.
2: I know. I'm sure you two, like, experience fear walking alone at night or definitely if you're running on a jog in the morning, like you don't know what you're going to expect. I feel like that's a big thing I had to learn was the constant. When I identified as male, I sympathized with the women in my life. Like I was like, that's gotta be awful. That's horrible. But of course, since I'm not experiencing it, I can't say I understand the fact that I now understand it because I have to live. It was such a huge wake up call, but I was like, damn, what a milestone for transitioning. If there ever was one, luckily. Yeah. Fingers crossed, no danger, but hopefully that continues.
3: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Well, let's end on a happier note. So coming out during the pandemic, You didn't get to experience all these like going out, you know, and actually mingling and stuff. Is that an exciting thing that you get to do now that everything is opening back up?
2: Oh my God, it's my favorite. I can't wait to go out now. Like, we couldn't really do it before. So I'm like, now I have an excuse to just doll the hell up. I go full nines, I dress to the nines, like, I'll put everything on, even if I'm walking to a restaurant or something or I'm doing something simple I'm just like I want the world to see what I put in. it sounds arrogant but it's just cool because it hasn't really happened but like it's cool to walk down the street between tables of people or between a crowd of people and just like see people like looking because it's just like like I know they're not looking out of like not in a bad way it's just like oh, that's a confident woman, like walking down the street. Like, I like what she's wearing. And it's just like, it's so cool to feel that because I'm just like, the queen is he. <laughs> you go, girl.
0: <laughs> and I have one final question to ask if there is a piece of advice or several that you could give to any trans Folks listening or little babies and haven't done the steps that you've done to come out, someone that might be considering it, what can you tell them that you wish someone had said
2: to you? To all my Bibit trans out there, I want to say that if you think you are alone, you absolutely are not. Like you're way less alone than you think. There's so many of us that had to go through that journey and that terror seemingly by ourselves, but like start off small, like come out to like a close friend that you know you can trust. Take those baby steps. Don't be afraid to like be on online communities. Don't be afraid of therapy. Therapy is so helpful. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Go on Tumblr. Well, I guess not anymore. <laughs> but go on like queer-friendly forums and boards and like find where those all exist like you absolutely deserve to be yourself because every time people come out they always wish they did it sooner and I can guarantee you that's gonna happen but also pace yourself like don't make anyone force you to do so but just know that when you do come out you're gonna be embraced and celebrated and there's A wonderful community waiting for you and we love you
1: oh
3: thank you savannah that was so sweet that was so great and you seem so happy and it was just such a pleasure to chat with you so i hope we get those fucking coming out invitations (laughs) and we get to see you soon
2: (laughs) yeah you of course will it's guaranteed look
0: out for him And where can people find you, Savannah?
2: They can find me on Hinge, but (laughs) (laughs) they can find me on Instagram at Savannah Manhattan. That's Savannah with two N's, one H. Manhattan as in the borough of New York. And then you also can find me on Twitter at Savvy Manhattan. And then on Facebook, Savannah Manhattan. Oh, and how did you choose Savannah? That was just like organic. I was trying to think of a name that fit my personality and my outfit choices, just like my vibe. And I was looking at some outfits online and just out of nowhere, just like a voice was just, like,
3: Savannah.
2: It's really unique and dope and so perfect for you.
3: Thank you. Yeah. And super femme. Savannah, Manhattan. Jeez, <laughs> coming to steal your heart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's bougie, I tell you.
3: Is
0: she a mistress? Uh, does she actually run uh, a brothel? Very high class. <laughs> Who knows? She's Savannah, Manhattan.
2: Got <laughs> <laughs> getting that dawn energy.
0: Is she though. the most powerful real housewife? She is. Welcome, Savannah, Manhattan. <laughs> yes.
2: I'm, I'm here and I'm queer. <laughs> Get used to it. But thank you, too, for having me. That was so much
3: fun. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Savannah. Ah, oh, that was such a fun interview, and I love that Savannah just nailed it with like the best name ever. I wish I got to name myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. And it's so nice to see somebody blossoming in the way that she's blossomed and to just see someone who's so comfortable in their skin. And it was just a joy to talk to her. I hope that you guys really enjoyed that too.
3: Yeah, I think for anybody who is not living their 100% authentic truth, this episode is a good reminder that no matter what it is, it always feels better to just live that because i wish you guys could have seen the entire interview savannah is just like (laughs) so beaming and glowy and just in such a happy place so you love to see it yes so if you want more where that came from we have so much super interesting hilarious content coming at you but listen it's a surprise next week is a surprise hey sophia what's that bomb ass music
0: This music is by our friend Amy Rosh. You can find her on Spotify. Her last name is R-A-A-S-C-H.
3: This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. Oh, Michael, you came on, you edited this episode. Mike. We're actually going to (laughs) take singing lessons in Belize. So hopefully we'll be back with some much better chops. And now it's time for... The Review of the Week. And we have a new review. It is a five-star review from Two Wheels Shane. Shane says, wonderful podcast. I really enjoy this podcast. These ladies are opening up my mind to how some women think. Coming from an all-male house, these chicks are awesome.
0: Yay! Yeah. Hey, we love that. If you want us to love you, why don't you leave us a little review and we can read it and you can be our own Two Wheels Shane.
3: Hey, you could be four wheel Susan. You could be 18 wheel Bob. We don't really give a shit. Just rate and review the podcast. <laughs> One wheel <please>.
0: Paloma, whatever. <laughs> Just get in here.
3: <laughs> and honestly, I love reading reviews like that. Knowing that you're learning something from the podcast or we're turning you on to something new. That's exactly why we do the show. So thank you.
0: So go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and wheel your ass on over and give us five stars. That's ratethispodcast.com slash
3: private. See you guys next time. Bye.